0: Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on January 21st, 2024, on the basis of Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. Our sermon text from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is God's word. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Val Jones was a American figure skater in the 1980s, and she was good. <laughs> She wasn't even 18 years old yet, and people were all saying that she was bound to go to the Olympics, which, of course, is the pinnacle for an American figure skater. All the training that she had put in since the time that she was 8 years old was impressive, to say the least. But just two weeks shy of her 18th birthday, she fell and she tore some ligaments in her knee. And it was bad. It was so severe that even after two months of rehab, doctors were saying that she was just lucky to be walking again, let alone uh, competitive figure skating, (laughs) that that was not going to be an option for her anymore. To say that she was disappointed is a major understatement. This rocked her world, it crushed her. And looking back on this time, Jones said that uh, she went into a a spiraling, self-destructive phase because... Her whole life, even though it was a short life up to this point, she was only 18 years old, but but her whole life had been in pursuit of this one goal. When she thought about who she was, she was a figure skater. But now that that she couldn't figure skate anymore, at least not competitively, who was she? Val Jones, she's not alone. Because essentially Val was wrestling with her identity, and, and if there's one cultural component, that has risen to the fore over the last decade or so, it has to be identity. That, that wrestling match is, that goes on with, with your identity is, is really answering the question, who am I? But it's not a simple question. It sounds simple, but, but there's a lot of complicating factors to it. And One of the complicating factors is who gets to decide? Who gets to decide who I am? Well, if you lived in, say, a hyper-individualistic culture like, say, the United States, (laughs) we'd answer that question by saying, of course, the individual gets to decide what their own identity is. And so the process of discovering your identity is one of self-discovery, of looking within your own heart to determine what your identity is. And so people go about that in a lot of different ways. They might start to, to look at the things that they're good at, In life where their talents and abilities lie kind of like val jones in in a sense Um, and and you might not be good at figure skating but you might be good at other things and that those things may make up your identity somewhat related but but maybe not completely connected is people look at things that they're passionate about what they like to do their, their their hobbies and sometimes that aligns with the things that you're good at but sometimes not and people begin to, to build their identity on the things that they like to do, or the things that they're comfortable with. Or they might, might find the things that they aspire to. They may say, I want X amount of dollars or X amount of real estate, or I want to achieve this picture of what my life will be like, whatever that picture may be. And that begins to make up their identity. It's not all shallow, though. That kind of makes it sound like it's all about material things. But someone might look inward to to determine how they want to be remembered amongst their peers or their family. Or they might look inside to, to figure out what sort of values are important to them and what sort of values they want to live out. But you will find... That finding your identity through self-discovery, through looking within yourself, will put you on shaky ground. And that's revealed to us in a lot of different ways. And one of them is shown to us by Val Jones. Val Jones built her whole identity on the pursuit of the goal of being an Olympic figure skater. But that thing that had defined her was eventually taken away from her. And when that happened, well, then what? And here's the thing, Val Jones isn't unique. We tend to try to build our identities on things that can be taken away from us. And when they are, well, then what? But having something taken away isn't the only issue that comes up with looking to yourself for your identity. Because when you look within your own hearts, in order to leave satisfied, you need to ignore a lot of stuff in here. Because although we, we often have high opinions of ourselves and selectively focus on our own highlight reels, we're good at that, we would be embarrassed or crushed if the thoughts and motives of our hearts were revealed to the world. For example, I may like to portray myself as a kind and selfless person, but if the thoughts and attitudes of on my heart were on display at all times, I'd be revealed to be a fraud. Another example. I may rest my identity on being a person who always tells the truth, but if my life record was made public, that would be proof to be a lie. Okay, well, I have pointed out a few of the negatives of finding your identity through self-discovery, but before I get too far, let me say that self-discovery itself is not necessarily a sin. It's a good thing to figure out where your talents and abilities lie. It's good to know that what interests you and, and what your passion is. So don't hear me saying that it's all negative, but it becomes an issue. It becomes spiritually dangerous when your identity is primarily rooted in self because self is sinful, because self is mortal. Well, looking inward and self-discovery is not the only way to find your identity. A lot of times people find their identity through other people, through their community. At a young age, this begins to happen As you begin to try to sort out where you fit amongst a group of people and where a group of people begins to sort out where you fit in amongst them. And they might start to characterize you in different ways. And sometimes that works out okay. Sometimes uh, people find that the, the characterizations that a community has has characterized them with is actually somewhat accurate to who they are. Or, or the groups that, that you fit into may, may reflect a lot about who you are. But a lot of other times, uh, people find that the community is not a reliable source for your identity because uh, maybe there is not a characterization that seems to fit you or a group that where you seem to fit. And you, so you feel like an outcast as a result. Or maybe you've been put into a group that you don't feel like reflects who you are. You've been characterized in a way that, that doesn't reflect who you are. And in that case, you feel misunderstood. I don't think we have to chase that one down for too long to figure out that the community is not a reliable guide for determining your own identity. So if if self-discovery is not a reliable guide, if community is not a reliable guide for my finding my identity, well, then then where do I turn? Well, you turn to the one who always tells you the truth and and who is always faithful. You turn to the one who who knows you better than anyone because he made you. You turn to Jesus, who came to live just like you in every way yet be without sin. You knew we were ending up here. You knew that this was headed towards Jesus, and we're so glad that it is headed toward Jesus here. Not too long ago in the Christmas season... We talked through exactly why Jesus needed to become flesh, to be like us in every way, so yet be without sin, so that he could be our perfect substitute. Well, today, in the gospel lesson from Mark, we hear a little bit of a section about Jesus' baptism. And one might rightfully start to think, well, if Jesus came to be like us in every way, yet not sin, and if baptism is the washing away of sins, then... Why did Jesus need to be baptized? That's a really good question, actually. And you wouldn't be the first one to ask it. John the Baptist himself asked Jesus this question when Jesus came to be baptized by him. John the Baptist said, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus' response tells us everything. Let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus entered the waters of baptism to fulfill all righteousness, to be like us in every way, yet to be without sin, and to be our true substitute who would fulfill all righteousness in our place so that when we were baptized, we would be made righteous. So that when we were baptized, we would be connected to Him. I want you to picture that for a second. When you were baptized, you were connected to Christ. So I want you to picture Jesus on the cross. And I want to picture I want you to picture that on the cross next to Jesus is you. And as you look over, Jesus is about to bow his head and give up his spirit. and you see him do it. and he's dead and soon after you feel yourself drifting away. and you're dead too. A soldier comes by just to check that you and Jesus are dead. And, and when he confirms that you are dead, he, he takes those long uh, nails out of your your hands and your, your feet and your lifeless corpses fall to the ground. But somebody has claimed your bodies. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they, they pick your lifeless bodies up off the, the ground and they place you and Jesus on a cart together. And they, they take you on this cart to, to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. They didn't have much time, and so they just they wrapped you in, in burial cloths and put you in this tomb and rolled a stone in front. And there your lifeless bodies lay. But the next thing that you, you remember, your, your eyes are opening, and, and there's some light streaming into this tomb. The last thing you remembered was being on the cross and dying, but now <laughs> you're very much not dead. Your hands are working, your feet are working, your eyes are, are starting to, to adjust. And you can't believe it, you're alive. <laughs> and you look over and, and there's Jesus. He's alive too. He doesn't look quite as shocked as you look. He looks like he knew that this was going to happen all along. And so you take the grave clothes off of you, you fold them up, and, and you and Jesus walk out of the tomb together. The Apostle Paul says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Through your baptism, you have been connected to Christ. That means because he fulfilled all righteousness, you are righteous. Because he was perfect, you are perfect in him. Through your baptism, your identity is tied to Christ. Which means that you have already died to sin. That's the anticipated question that kicked off this whole section for the Apostle Paul. Well, if forgiveness is free, if justification is free, if grace is boundless, well, then don't that just encourage us to sin? Paul says, by no means. And you know why? Because your identity has been changed. The identity discussion in our culture is a really important one because everything flows from your identity. Everything that you think, that you say, that you do, it comes from your identity. God is giving you a new identity through your baptism. You are no longer a child of the devil. You are a child of God. You are no longer owned by sin. But God says, through Paul, Anyone who has died has been set free from sin, and death no longer reigns because in your baptism you have already died. Paul says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. No longer does death have mastery over him. This new identity means that when sin says, Do this or think that, as a child of God you can say, You aren't my boss anymore, sin. This new identity means that when death taunts you or tries to scare you, you can say, why should I fear you, death? I've already died in my baptism. Think about that freedom. It's kind of like being like Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? He was the brother of Mary and Martha and and he died. And Jesus, he got there a few days after Lazarus died. But, But Jesus raised him from the dead. Could you imagine the perspective that Lazarus had? He had already died. He had nothing to fear. He could live in freedom knowing that everything that he had been given was a gift. Friends, the more that you understand baptism, the more you realize that you kind of have the same perspective as Lazarus. You've already died. But even better, the more you understand about baptism the more that you'll realize that you have the same perspective as Jesus. Because you died with him. You were buried with him. You were raised with him. So go. Live your life with that identity. Because you're never going to find a better identity than that. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for taking time this week to, to be in the Word and to grow in your faith. We know that where the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working. To strengthen and to create faith in the hearts of people. Uh, Because we know that's the case. uh, And if you enjoy these sermon podcasts, we'd we'd really love it if you'd share these with your friends. Uh, This is an easy way to evangelize and to get the word into people's ears. And, And... As a way of also doing that, could you hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast? This is just a way that we are able to be seen by more people so that more people may hear this gospel message. We hope you'll join us next week as we dive into God's word yet again. God bless.